Why are you always saying you want to be a boy, but then hiding a doll in a sweat sock? Never said I wanted to be a boy. In the diner, you said you wanted to be a boy. No. I said I didn't want to be a girl. So if you don't want to be a boy, why are you pretending to be one? Because people leave boys alone. And I wasn't hiding this. I was protecting it. That's hmm. funny. I made my whole life about not letting people put me in a box, and I go and put you into one. A forward-thinking, politically correct box, but still a box nonetheless. So we were like, I think, you know, just before we, were, we hit record, we were like queening out about different things about the show and then realized oh, we should probably hit record. Um, and so we are kind of shifting out of queening out about the music, which we will get back to. Um, but to, I think the reason that we're using this clip is because this, I think, is a great example in AJ and the Queen, which I will probably call multiple times AJ and McQueen, of what the show is trying to accomplish and then when it arrives in the mail. Oh, I see what you mean. I I, I hear you. I, I have seen the entire series. You have not. Uh, so I, I'm just... Oh, my God. Well, no, <laughs> Odd flex. You know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, you're saying, you're saying that that's what the show is trying to accomplish. What I'm saying in this moment, yeah, I think, I mean, to, to extrapolate, I mean, like, there are, without seeing the whole show, there are moments where it's clear what they're trying to do in that moment and whether or not they're actually oh, pulling oh, it off yeah, with finesse. Oh, yeah, in that moment, absolutely. Okay, That's what yes. I'm talking about. Oh, I'm see. talking about in these, yeah. Oh, no, I'm not trying to talk about, like, well, here's what AJ and the Queen's <laughs> okay, doing. Okay. But uh, I just mean, like, in these moments, in these these very deliberate conversations, mm. these very special moment conversations or these, like, bumper sticker moments, it's like, it's. I mean, RuPaul does it on RuPaul's Drag Race, you know? Right. Um, we gay people, we get to choose our family. And... I think, yeah, for me, it's like it it doesn't always land for me in AJ and the Queen. And I think it's because, I don't know, I think it's part of it. It goes back to like RuPaul's Drag Race season one and the fact that RuPaul was doing all of this on purpose, was creating moments on a reality TV game show on purpose and always had that kind of wink and a nod so that you kind of like made room for like anything to happen in an episode. And I feel like including like these heavy moments. And I feel like on AJ and the queen, it's like when these big heavy moments come in, it's just like, Oh, oh okay. This is like, this is a little, um, you know, uh, this is a little, this is us for me. You know, it's, it's, it's a little heavier, you yeah, know, it's, it's it, it, you can see it's deliberate. I hear Michael Patrick King mm -hmm. and RuPaul strategizing in the dialogue. Yes. Like this is like that, that part in the early seasons of Grey's Anatomy where the episode is like, all right, if you haven't cried yet, we're about to do a music montage. Right. And if you, it, and we're, we're going for it before the show ends. And I kind of feel like they really try to go for it in AJ and the Queen. And for the most part, it's been overshooting for me so far. Sure. The, the one moment for Mary's that have watched ahead, the one moment where I think it really works is in the trailer park with uh, the the little boy who dresses up as, as Sandy from Greece instead of Danny Zuko. Uh, mm -hmm. that, there's a whole moment there that I think is a really great conversation and a good 
yeah, it's when I kind of signed onto the show when I'm like, okay, this is this is working. It's working. It just takes right now these first three episodes and I remember when I first watched it I was like okay all right I I didn't feel anything new uh and it Mm -hmm. wasn't until later that I felt new things and granted I don't know what order they wrote it in or what order they filmed it in but um it does seem like a upward trajectory in terms of like getting their footing um, I think also the writers of the episodes had something to do with it. But this scene in particular, uh, you know, it's a continuation f- from the diner scene where she's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, RuPaul in, in that voice. Why do you dress like a boy? Uh, like, oh. <laughs> like kind of I know. Uh, when, when I know. darling talking to Peter Pan. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. RuPaul puts on his bedroom eyes. You know, it's like half closed, lo- closed lids. And and just kind of like flowy movements. Yeah. Why do you dress like a boy? Yeah, Kathy Rigby, yeah. why do you dress like yeah. a boy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, little Latin boy in drag, why are you crying? <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, you get um, sweet little Izzy going, why do you dress like a girl? You know, uh, in that, oh. in that point. Yeah. <laughs> She's always got a mouthful of sloppy joes in this show so far. It's like. Uh, well, you know what I do appreciate about Izzy's performance in the series is that she does evolve uh, and grow up as a character. And I think Izzy does that well throughout the series. Uh, it does work. But I'm not into this, you know, like, oh, AJ, you, oh, you always have something smart to say or stop stealing yeah. from me. Like it seems uh, it's, it's getting tired already at episode three. It's very Dennis Menace and Mr. Wilson, yeah. Uh, Dennis the Menace, excuse me. Dennis Menace. I don't have the copyright to Dennis the Menace. So it's the Canadian ripoff Dennis Menace. And he's actually quite nice because he's Canadian. So it's actually quite ironic. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, I was going to say, I actually think there's a benefit to, like, you having seen the whole thing and me being halfway through because I – I'm going to hasten to guess that there are other people who are like, okay, I'm going to give this a go. And their tanks are starting to run out just like mine is like three episodes in. So it's kind of like, uh, is there a reason to keep watching? Does she ever stop being petulant? And so I think it's helpful to know like that, you know, the answer to that. I do. I, I don't want to make any promises that the show is going to improve vastly, but I will say you get used to the acting style. You kind of understand the lens of where they're going with, uh, with the dialogue and how it's presented. But in terms of character development, AJ's story certainly grows. And uh, RuPaul, RuPaul kind of stays the same. Um, I don't want to say uh, uh, Ruby stays the same because um, she's certainly affected by lots of things that happen. But um, there's better episodes to come for all involved. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I I think, you know, like this scene, I, you know, I – there were moments watching it where it was like, oh, I, I think a great example of where I kind of wish the show maybe had gone or, or, or maybe I could say – a tone or an energy of the show that would have made me feel more intrigued in this first half of the series is when they get to Pittsburgh, I kind of feel like Katya and Jinx Monsoon 
are like, I'm like, oh, whatever like, weirdo, almost like uncomfortable notes they're hitting, I kind of wish the show would be more like that. I wish that the show had a little more edge to it where like the jokes weren't so clean, you know? And I recognize why it isn't like that. I just think, like I realize this is a, a much larger appeal, but I think it would have been a better show if it was a little more HBO and a little less ABC. Sure. I uh, That I can definitely get behind. I will say I didn't think the Jinx Monsoon roofie joke was funny. It's not that I'm being I, sensitive about the material. I'm just like, I just don't, I, that wasn't even a joke. It it felt a lot like um, uh, in, in sometimes in Hurricane Bianca, this happened, where there was a joke written and it, it just didn't work. It No matter who said it, it just, it wasn't a funny joke. And that my my initial reaction was the same. I was like, oh, that's an uncomfortable joke. But I think it was like then the fact that the show kind of like, made me a little uncomfortable or like you know kind of didn't play by the rules like she also had a joke about a kid being a top I mean like she was being problematic but I felt like I'm not saying I really enjoyed those jokes but it was such a relief from the the sort of bumper polling mm-hmm. of the show up until that point you know yeah I mean there's some good jokes the one the one that was not good uh, that I almost kind of don't even understand. Maybe you can explain it to me. <laughs> but Jinx Monsoon says there are no minors in Pennsylvania, no matter what the president promised. I think she's talking about like coal and like, you know, opening new mines and oh, creating miners. jobs for people. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> A coal yeah. mine. Right. <laughs> A coal mine. Yeah. Yeah. Valerie, yeah. you you decide. <laughs> Don't tell us, Val. Just show us. Show us. <laughs> yeah. Like for the fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Thank you for explaining that pun that just went straight over my head. Yeah. I mean, you'd think that one, you know, that you, you have, we have, we've addressed that conundrum before with uh, the comeback, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I allow for it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I. so this scene, it starts off with RuPaul looking for her phone, and then, of course, she accuses AJ of stealing it, and then it's on the floor. Uh, yeah, <laughs> AJ, I like, what, what was the direction here? It was like, just, have you ever seen Charlie Brown's teacher? That, do that. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so what I thought was interesting in this dialogue, uh, RuPaul kind of having her own moment of like, I made my whole life not letting people put me in a box, and here I go putting you into one. And then she mm-hmm. says a forward-thinking, politically correct box, which I'm assuming she's referring to AJ you're like, oh, you could be a boy, or oh, you want to be a boy and not a girl, right? Um, like she's open-minded yes. to that, yeah, right. yeah. But meanwhile, like uh, the fact, uh, the the binary is so beyond that p- politically correct box now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, I couldn't help but think about <laughs> the speech later of like, you know, you know, a, a woman can be anything and i just thought except a drag queen right ro you know (laughs) 
I know. I had the same reaction, right? Oh, you know, yeah. women can be whatever they want to be. And I was like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> You're never too female to be a drag queen. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, like, I, I'm not, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't want to dive into that rabbit hole. I just like it. There's certainly that feeling, right? It was like, there's those moments where when other people are saying, oh, hypocrite, oh, you just say this, but you don't practice this. And then you have a moment like that. And you're like, I don't necessarily, all, I don't think Rue is saying women can't be drag queens. They just can't be drag queens on his show. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying it's different. Oh, no, it's. Very different, and it's also writing. Uh, it also comes from Michael yeah. Patrick King. But you have to, you have to assume that they are, like we said earlier, like this is deliberate. They are having yeah. a conversation, a, a celebrating women right now, right? That's what this whole thing is dedicated to. To the point where then she cuts her hair because she doesn't want to be pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, all of this, uh, the 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 lip sync performance that she did. You're a woman. Um, and yeah. so there is this deliberate thing to celebrate that storyline. Um, it's just. And in- even going yeah. into the third episode, once they get to Pittsburgh with the. Um, with Adrian Barbeau's character with her having oh, right. the mastectomy mm-hmm. and, and not wanting the boobs or needing them and, and kind of making sure they also have that storyline that you don't need, you know, breasts to be a woman. Right. Right. Yeah, all of that, it, it all seems very connected in a really cool way when, you know, you, you parse it out and you start to discuss it that like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, there is this theme going on here. Um, and the idea, though, that I keep hearing is AJ being like, I just don't want to be a girl. And it seems like RuPaul is trying to convince her, well, no, you should be a girl, which doesn't seem right to me either. Mm. Yeah, I hear you, right? Like, I think the um, the expanded conversation or, like, the what what might have been interesting was kind of like, all right, well, like, letting go of all of the trappings of that, like, who do you want to be, you know, or who are you, mm. you know? And, like, I, you know, it's like I, I didn't want to nitpick either, but I also felt like when Rue was like, well, if you want to be a boy, then why are you playing with dolls? And I was like, excuse me. Right. I from the cheap seats in the back, excuse me. And I'm not and like I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that tweet. I just like it when to your point, they're having really deliberate conversations about like what these what they want to say on this show and it's like you're almost there. You almost got it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the excuse can always be, well, Ruby's a character and Ruby is an older drag queen who comes from Yeah. you know, who talks to her. I don't know if you got to the scene. I think you probably did where she's talking to Lewis on the phone and she's, she's like, Oh, you know, I don't know how she identifies. And, and then they have that whole like, Oh, well things are changing. And we, you know, we don't, we're not used to that. Blah, 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 blah. It used to be so much easier. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I feel like there is that, well, these are who these characters are, but I can't help but feel that it's Michael Patrick King and RuPaul in a room being like, well, how do we represent that we're also changing with the times? You know, I, because I don't think that they're doing it poorly. They're certainly representing a certain type of person that we all have grace for. We're, you know, we're waiting for them to catch up and it's fine and we're all helping each other through it. But uh, it, it, it's interesting because Ruby also comes off as very progressive and forward thinking in so many other ways on the show. 
but here there's this block with the with the the woman thing. So it I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm and I think there are other people who would watch this and you know would have you know points of 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 contention with a lot of things with the breastplate with the you know um i don't know like with the the attachment to like you know this is what it like i don't know just that that all the drag is always reinforcing you know like one you know one type of drag or that it's about looking like a woman or things like that and i think to your point it's like well it's a show about one person yeah and it's about one person in one drag community um doing one type of drag um, I definitely want to get to the question of, and you've seen obviously uh, beyond this, but I'm curious your thoughts on the drag that we've seen in terms of the looks and the performances, mm. you know, because every episode has one. I, uh, I definitely thinking about it as like, oh, okay, well, here's, here's someone who is sitting behind, you know, what was the expression sitting on the dais, you know, oh. judging people. Um, let's see how she does, you know? Mm. Um, I, I do have thoughts on that before I expand on those thoughts though, we should tell our Marys what they are listening to. Well, they are of course listening to another episode of all right, Mary. All right, AJ. All right, AJ, your phone is on the front of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with you? With you. <laughs> uh, um, Higher, Lewis. I can't see you. Higher. Yeah, Higher, higher. Um, Which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with his beady, beady TV show. I'm Johnny. You're blind and I'm broke. Yeah, I was going to say, and I'm Colin, and I'm not blind, but apparently we need to announce our visual abilities whenever possible. God forbid we forget that Lewis is blind. They have lines so expertly written as, bitch, I'm blind. (laughs) We know. Yeah, we know. And Mary's, just so you know, we are diving into AJ and the Queen. We don't know if the conversation is going to end this episode or if it's going to continue. We'll make that call kind of after things are, are said and done. I, th- it is worth doing another episode after you've seen the whole series because there's some comeback references. There's some great commentary on pageant drag. I, I do think that it will be worth it later to revisit. I'll, I can, I'll commit to a part two of this and do the, do the, you know, I didn't come this far to come this far. Let's yeah, we'll do the first three episodes today. And then uh, I'll push through with the promise that, uh, as Dan Savage once expertly told us, it gets better. And uh, we'll come back again. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't get better. You get better at it. Yeah. So so hopefully I'll get better at watching it, you know? (laughs) Like not looking at my phone to see. (laughs) (laughs) I need my phone. I need my phone. I need it. I need it. I need it. I'm going to put the, the napkin holder in front of the phone so that you don't oh. look at it. Oh my god, that acting choice. It was like <laughs> I couldn't decide if that was supposed to be more powerful or if the CDs falling out of the CD case was supposed to be the moment. Oh shit, that's her life falling apart one mix at a time. Oh my god, I I you know what I I will say just the idea that she had all of those CDs for those clubs. I 
I guess uh, they still do it. I guess that's how they still do it. I feel like it's a playlist now. Right. Exactly. I feel like it's like here's my Spotify playlist. Yeah, or I'm gonna I'll send. Share it with uh, yeah, you. here's a jump drive, or I'm gonna send you mm-hmm. this. Yeah. But uh, and even though she's an older queen, yeah, I feel like right. these are clubs that are you know. Oh, is she an they, older they, queen? Is she an older queen? Oh, she's. Do you know that she's actually older? And in case you forget, uh, she's old. Well, she's old. Lewis is blind. <laughs> AJ's a girl. <laughs> AJ's a girl. She needs her phone, and uh, an you addiction. Know, her mother hard. needs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That lisp is. Uh, that's a strong lisp, as Naomi Smalls once said. Um, so, well, and, if we're on yeah. the we're, if we're on the topic of RuPaul and the lip syncs, uh, I guess we can segue into that by talking about how RuPaul looked on this show. I mean, we're we're calling her old, but goddamn, like she's almost sixty, and this is what she's doing on on television. Which I I yeah. just I just want to praise. I do think that it is, you know, the queen doing kind of a lap around the track before you know while the all the competitors are waiting you know what i mean yep yeah i mean i certainly when you think about like this you know this black gay drag queen who is now doing a show out of drag you know obviously is in drag but like you know is spending more of the show out of drag than in it and um is yeah like i mean i think it's there's a lot about it that's like wow this is this is great I mean, I don't, I don't want to compare it to like, you know, when a lot of gay movies were coming out in like the 90s and the early 2000s. And it was like, regardless of the quality of like the Broken Hearts Club, it was like, well, at least it exists, you know? Oh, and yeah. there is always, I think, an element of that of like, hey, well, at least this exists and its heart's in the right place. And it's trying to kind of like do something really positive. Do I think it's like wildly successful so far? No. Do I think it's a train wreck? No. Right, um, right. You know? Right. And, and that's, uh, and that's I, honestly, I think that is because of the latter half of the season. Um, mm. Because once you get to the hospital episode, things just lift when it comes to camp and and just kind of high drag. Right now, it's this scrappy little television show. You know, it's this beady, mm. beady little show. And, yes. And, and they're, I think they're trying to just get it started, you know? And I will say the saving grace for me on a lot of these episodes, these opening episodes, is RuPaul's performances. I mm-hmm. I, I think she looks great and it it is showing that she's done this for years. The performances only get more interesting, um, especially when you get to Oh, uh, the episode, the Diana Ross episode. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so entertaining. Um, but the, I, I love this in the third episode, the booby contest boobs. They're mm-hmm. called Boobs Ed. Um, just that Catch Me I'm Fallen song. I mean, you can hear that this is also RuPaul teaching the children about some of these great songs, right? That, you know, most people are doing these Beyonce mixes and, uh, you know, Ariana Grande, et cetera, all the great, great new stuff. And there's a lot of material that isn't being done anymore that RuPaul is just used to. And so, yeah. and, and that's why I also enjoyed a lot of the lip sync performances. Cause I'm like, okay, this bitch is, she's a, she's a master at her craft. Like this is what she does. Yeah. And you can tell. <clears throat> she's, 
she's very much of the school of if you don't make these references, we lose these references. Yes. And I think you can see that even in like some of the casting. Like I think um, I don't remember the guy's name. They did. They've all done interviews now on what's the tea. But like having Adrian Barbeau, who's just like mm. a big, like you know, sort of a, a classic, you know, horror movies right. and, and camp movies and the Toxic Avenger and whatnot. Like she's such a, it's such a specific referential choice to have. Like seeing her, it's like oh my god, I can't believe Adrian Barbeau's in this, you know. And I think uh, you can feel some of that too. Like even like Tia Carrere being yeah, in know. it, you know. Like I that's know, such Mary. a. That's such a specific uh, choice, was, you know? It sold me immediately. Like, when I heard that she was going to be on the show, I'm like, okay, now I have to watch. Because uh, I'm I a would huge say fan. She, she's got moments where I'm like, okay, that was a good line. And then other moments where I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, brother. Um, she's not <laughs> really? like, you know, really, really. Um, you know, I, I think my favorite moment I've seen with her so far is – Unfortunately, it is in one of the um, "Bitch, I'm Blind" supercut moments. But it's when she first gets to the apartment, and she says, "Bitch, I'm blind." She's like, "I know. I remember the, thinking, what's this blind lady thinking? I'm going to use give or take her coupons or whatever it was. Some line like that." She nailed the line reading, certainly better than I did, and I admired that. But then there's other moments where uh, the writing, I think, interferes. The writing is really hard to sell. I will absolutely agree with that. There are moments where the writing is just, yeah. And it's not, uh, uh, granted, I understand that there's like a large in the life campiness and, and I think that's great. And I certainly see that in many aspects of the show. And there's a difference between John Waters, like really earnest, deliberate writing and mm -hmm. acting, right? Versus this, where I think that, you can play between both. And I think that they're trying to, especially with the AJ and Ruby scenes versus like, you know, Ruby talking to the drag queens or the Lady Danger stuff. All of the Lady Danger and Damian Sanchez stuff is very um, Rocky and Bullwinkle evil villains. Yes, yes, and, totally. And so when I watch it like that, I'm like, oh God, she's so good at this. She's so good mm -hmm. at that. And it is very 2D throughout most of the series. And then she has like one or two kind of heartfelt moments, not even dialogue, but moments. But otherwise, Lady Danger is just a villain. And I think I'm, I'm here for that. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's that 2D, 3D thing that happens. <clears throat> like, I feel like, yeah, there's these kind of, those, those more, you know, um, Boris and Natasha at the diner moments. And then there's, yeah. And then there is, you know, a, a woman talking about having a double mastectomy and having cancer and, and then where they want to go deeper. And I, again, like I kind of go back to drag race because this is what RuPaul's drag race does is they'll kind of play things on a very 2d level. She's the villain. She's the ingenue. She can't act. She can't. sew. and then it's like, Oh no, her father disowned her. And mm -hmm. you know, Oh, mm -hmm. she was left at a bus stop, you know, and they'll kind of go deeper. I, I think a lot of to sell that I was saying before, like some of that is because of the tone that RuPaul established in the beginning where you could get away with kind of like sudden turns and sudden shifts in the narrative tone. Yeah, I think, you know, but I think also it's like the editing just, you know, is really strong. And I think that, you know, they, they kind of build up to those moments. They kind of like earn them. And I think, 
there's sometimes there's just moments of this show where I just feel like sometimes the writing's a little off, but sometimes it's like the editing is off or the direction yes, is off. Yes, or like the, writing, the production yes. feels off. Yes. Yeah, like like the the whole production of the show feels like like who someone needs to go in and like tighten this up. You know, there's there's moments of that where it's like there's a, like a little bit too much fat on this moment, you know? Yeah. I, again, and I want to maybe hone in on that first episode for a moment where we have that first scene with all these great cameos, right? Porkchop, yes. Mayhem Miller, Valentina, Eureka, Manila, Bianca, bam, Alexis Mateo, and then Vanjie, who had that awful line. Um, but <sighs> there's that whole scene where RuPaul is, you know, speaking her truth and telling off the club owner, you know, telling off mm-hmm. Al from the cheetah. Um, Reading Al, because yeah. her name's Ruby Red, because right. if you got read by Ruby, then Ruby <laughs> Red. And if you touch it, you'll get burned. Yes, right. <laughs> it's Condente. Uh, at least she had a line. Um, Thank God. <laughs> yeah. At first, I thought she was going to be like throwing her hair around and combing it. I was like, no, no, she... She had a lot of really intense Nomi Malone kind of turns, you know? Um, but this whole scene, this is when I was like, this could have been tightened up. And I don't yes. know if it was the director tightening up RuPaul or what. Because I get the camp. I get what was going on. I get this moment. And I either don't want to believe it and I want it to be huge or mm-hmm. I want it to be this real kind of like, get the fuck out of my face. I'm leaving. Fuck off. Right? It just felt yeah. so uh, ex- expository. Is that the word? Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and and I was like, okay, I I I can read this on on the page. Yeah, that's actually that that scene is a perfect example of where I thought there was a lot of tightening, and even with the cameos, like I think of that moment when like. You know, the Yuriko Hara character like leans in some like window oh. and goes, "Who who is she calling trashy?" And then it kind of like doesn't cut away fast enough. And those like the moments like they would show the queen cameos, but they would pause long enough for to go, "Oh look, it's so and so." And I think you can only do that maybe three times. But like I'm a- after a while, it just it starts to feel weird, and I feel like there's. Like Katya was actually a great example of a dra- of like a Rue girl that kind of worked well into the content yes. and like didn't feel so like oh it's Katya like she it just blended into the narrative better. But I think that first scene, you know that that kind of you know that moment where there's all the queens like the Valentina Eureka stuff, it was like oh god, cut it down or cut it out, but do something to it. And you, you know, know what? I love these queens. I really do. Same. I, I it's re- not their fault. Yeah, it's yeah. not their fault. And like, it, whether it's the dialogue or them just being amateur actors, like that also didn't help. Manila saying her little quip. I was mm-hmm. kind of like, this isn't like, it, that didn't work. And even Bianca Del Rio, like, God, I love her. I love when she is, you know, being a comedy queen. But mm-hmm. Hurricane Bianca was also poorly written, right? Because it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, but terribly jokes. written. Yeah. That's that's what it is. That is such a big part of it. Is I have seen all of these queens be funnier with their own material. Yes. And like Vanjie, like Vanjie, if if they would just let Vanjie, Vanjie, she could have done a much better 
capper Agreed. line Agreed. than whatever whatever that she, like <laughs> that's tomato ketchup tagline was. Yeah, because she because when she reads you, you've been read. You, you've been read. <laughs> so you it, it's it reminds me of those like old El Paso commercials, <laughs> New York City. <laughs> Remember this about the salsa? Where's that salsa made? New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Not old, old El Paso. That's made right here in Texas. <laughs> and it's just like it's that level of clever, you know? Right, right. And, you know, Alexis Mateo, bam. It, it felt like they were giving a gift to Drag Race fans. And I wish yeah. that they didn't. I, I didn't need that. I didn't. I didn't either. I think they could have just cast them in roles and not done. Because here's the thing. They they did that repeatedly. Like, I think about yes. when they get to Pittsburgh. Not Pittsburgh. Um, no, I guess Columbus. it's Pittsburgh. The third one. Yeah, Columbus was the third one. Pittsburgh was the second That's one. That's right. When they, get, when they get to the pipeline and that little red-haired guy opens the door. And I was like, am I supposed to know who this is? Is it like because they're pausing on it? Like it's yes, this guy we got Carrot for a top. day. Yeah, no, it's Carrot. Right. Yeah, right. but but then it was not, and that's fine. It's just you start to expect it. You know, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a you know? Pee-wee's Big Adventure kind of thing. Yes, let's see who's here now. It's right. like Blues Clues. Like let's see who's at the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where's the mail? It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. Okay. Um, male or female, excuse me, or <laughs> maybe you don't identify as either. Let's just make that clear. We are a post-binary world. Uh, thank you. Thank you, AJ and the queen. Um, <laughs> AJ and McQueen. I don't have time for, you know, this, you know, heavy discussion about gender. Uh, so let's just move on. Um, <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah. No. Says. Yeah. I don't have the room for that. That's what yeah. She says. Oh, Let's, uh... oh God. Um, so th- there's that scene that I think is a good example of the tightening up, and I also want to bring attention to another scene that I started to love after the original dialogue. So it's the scene when Ruby finds out that she's been grifted, and uh, she's talking with Lewis. And it's before mm-hmm. he starts playing the piano. Because once he starts playing the piano, I will survive. It the scene transforms. It's great. But agreed. The li- agreed. the the line that sticks out is the whole can't I at least be forty? Mm. Do you remember that whole dialogue scene? Do I remember it? It was like I didn't even know I had a record player. Where is that record scratch coming from? <laughs> 40. 40. SPF 40, maybe, but what are you talking about 40 for? Well, you know, because she's pretending to be 40. It's not like she— Well, I know. I mean, in drag, certainly, even out of drag, like, she looks young, like, or he looks young. But uh, it was just this whole heartfelt thing that they were doing, and I think it could have been a little bit more bonkers, or it could have been written better or directed better. And, you know, again, Mm -hmm. I don't know what the whole is, and— we also are kind of skirting around the issue that in this first episode, we were like, oh, RuPaul is struggling with the acting thing, right? Like, I, I, I don't feel bad about saying that. It's like, nobody's getting any Emmys from this show. Um, no, I, I can see RuPaul working really hard. I, I can see that RuPaul had an acting coach who worked with her to find very naturalistic ways of working through a room, how to like use a bag as a prop to kind of help her lines yes. carry along. Yeah. We see that in the scene when she sees AJ on the, on the stoop and she's oh, like, yeah. you know, 
fishing for the keys. Like, and the thing is, like, I know the some of the stuff that RuPaul's pulling from that, like, sort of mannered acting. I love that Me shit, too. and I know, like, he's talked about that, like, certain actresses, like that he loves who do that stuff. And so I know he's doing mannered moments and I, it's like, yes, I, I can see what you're doing. I see you. I saw you, but what I see you doing, I love. So I'm enjoying it. Does that make sense? Yes. Even though I'm, even though you're not pulling the wool over my eyes, the, right. the suspension of disbelief is you not there. You and I both know that there you is and I no both technique, right? that There is no technique. Yeah. <laughs> you and I both know that this is all you trying out new techniques, right? <laughs> so, no, and I, again, yeah, I have to totally agree. And I will say, and I feel like I'm going to be a, the broken record, um, but as the series goes on, it just becomes so much more comfortable and you kind of mm -hmm. you expect it and you get it and it feels good and the notes are there and you're like oh actually I can see how this is you know Ruby or whatever Ruby's male name Robert I, I can see how Robert. this is Robert I can see who Robert is now as the series goes on it's just in the beginning because we know RuPaul and because RuPaul yes. does so well with the acting thing when he's in drag, which is the other kind of fascinating thing about the series. When RuPaul is in drag in this series, he is fabulous. And it's the- It's true. It's the yeah. out of drag scenes that you're you're waiting to, to for him to get there. And you just have to wait a little bit longer. He doesn't totally get there. But it, yeah. it get, you get used to it more and you appreciate it more. And it starts to happen around episode six. I The end. Um, yeah. No, episode 10 yeah. is the end, girl. Oh, there's 10 episodes? Yes, there's 10 episodes, girl. I thought there were six. No, oh, Mary, God. there's 10. Oh, Jesus, I thought I was only halfway through this road trip. No, you're a third. Jesus, I'm a third, third of the way through. Are we there yet? No. Oh, but you're um, going to love the last episode. I'm sorry. I love the last episode. All right. No, I mean, I'll, I'm definitely going to keep watching. Okay. Um, so I, I I agree. I think if Rue had the same, I mean, and I get it. Like he's not, you know, he's very used to being the monster and and performing as that, and it shows. And it like if he had that same finesse out of drag, and we saw that same level of like skill and technique, I think it'd be a very different situation. I will say though, all of this being said, RuPaul is he is maneuvering around some moments of this script way better than I expected him to. Because I also think as much as we're talking about RuPaul's acting, it does still go back to the script. Some of these lines are clunkadunk. Yeah. And if you're not a good actor, I'd have to imagine that's even harder to sell that. Right. Right. And I believe Michael and Ru wrote the first episode and then there were other writers after I could see and it shows. that and it, it shows. shows like I think about I think in the second episode RuPaul's like this place is more tense than a box full of kitty cats and, and a cucumber <laughs> and I was like no <laughs> uh, tell us a joke <laughs> it's on the floor <laughs> Um, you know what I did love? I, uh, let's talk about some moments we love because I yeah. have to say Mario Cantone was, as Alma Joy, I thought was 
phenomenal. Like, for me, phenomenal. And I, I loved watching him. And the Tina Turner fight was why I watch TV. You know what I mean? Here's my question on that. Ruby Red, trans, you know, Robert transforms into Ruby, and she is in full drag makeup. I was surprised that they did not put Mario Cantone in full drag makeup. And I, I realize different queens have different makeup styles, but I think that maybe would have elevated it for me if they did a full transformation and it didn't feel like Gene Hackman in the birdcage. <laughs> That's why I loved it, because it was clear that this was, and I know this is so shady. Oh my God, I'm going to be so shady. But I feel like it's RuPaul's lens, so it's me talking mm -hmm. through that lens. But this is this is a Pittsburgh queen, right? And... <laughs> oh, no! Oh, I know. Like Sharon everybody's, Needles, everybody's, who won everybody's, Drag everybody's, Race? Yeah, yeah. Or Alaska, one, who one, took over one, the franchise? One, yeah. Um, so, like, again, I'm being like shady. Like, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest queen from RuPaul's Drag Race is from Pittsburgh. You know what? Uh, the biggest queen <laughs> from RuPaul's Drag Race is Eureka O'Hara, so... Yeah. Uh, um, uh, no, no, yeah. no, Mary. But no, Mary, hear me out. Because, again, I am being shady and that's the joke. So know that there's I'm not really serious about it. But what I am trying to kind of show is or say is that they're, they're, the show is showing that Ruby is at a much higher level than this quote unquote, you know, club owner. Every every bar has its not ready for showtime local talent that um, looks great under, you know, a dim light and after 2 a.m. And this is that kind of queen. Right. And I think, uh, you know, and sometimes that's, you know, like busted. Sometimes that's the kind of queen you want to see. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, there's no question. Mario Cantone is probably a great performer or not Mario Cantone, but Alma Joy is probably like, a, you know, everybody's pride and joy, if you will. But and has been sure. busting her ass for years, you know, as Ruby would say. But uh, I think that was the joke, and that's why she wasn't put in full quiche. Yeah, I it's you know, and I feel like that then goes back to that thing of like that that kind of wackadoo energy or that bonkers kind of quality. It's it's sort of unexpected and if they've been kind of selling through these really like mostly genuine moments or this mostly kind of straightforward tone mm. and then to then to say oh well we're doing that because we're kind of doing this wacky world it's like oh you you can't just say that after the fact guys you, i need to see like a road sign up ahead that that's where we're heading towards or like some orientation that that's what we're doing here you know I see. and i think that was like I think that's like overall when we talk about like the production of the show and like the editing, that all then kind of informs the tone of the show. And I think I'm I'm never entirely sure the tone of the show. Yeah, and, and I guess that kind of ties into how we started talking about the episode because the the transition music is also a completely uh, different show. Like bum 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 bum. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's very. I don't very, know what show yeah. that is. I don't know what show that is. I, I, like, I don't get it. I don't it makes get me it. think of like that kind of thing. I think of a transition. I think of like a, you know, younger, which is uh, you know, or some or, or or a show set during in high school, like something about like, a, a, you know, a young woman. It feels to me like a, a show about a young blonde woman in a pink sweater. Mm. That's what that music sounds like. Um, it doesn't <laughs> sound like. 
You know, it, it sounds like, um, I don't know, maybe like a Cosmo video about some actress. Okay. You know, like okay. it has that sure. kind of like, it has that, that sort of HDGTV quality, mm -hmm. that kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, um, transitional music while, you know, a young couple is getting their house redone. Right. It's, yes. I took, that's, I, I hear it completely. Property mm -hmm. Brothers, uh, mm -hmm. trading spaces. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, like that kind of stuff, like there's so many examples of, if, you know, if you take the music out of a movie or out of a scene, it's like taking the laugh track out of the big bang theory. It just changes completely. Oh, yes. And I think, <laughs> yeah. And I think that that little music cue is used so often be and it like moves the show along and it has this kind of sense of humor about it that doesn't always that kind of is like, oh, but I thought we were having this moment here. Like, what's again the original question? What's the tone here? Yeah, I, the the moment in these three episodes that it sticks out to me is when they are trying to get away really fast in the RV from the. Oh from the god, diner. that scene made me so angry. It was like, <laughs> go! Oh my god, that scene. I think I I could. I could understand if anyone wanted to jump ship at that point because it is like, oh my god, that scene. Well, Ugh. well, so they 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 have the music during that, and yes, when that when he like starts to like go in reverse yes. and like let's go, right? And it's like, do you can't you can't do that? You just had a fight. She just threw your Oprah, your Oprah, your oatmeal, your Oprah VHS out the window. You're not ready to let's go each other and bump, 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 yeah, bump. bump. Bum, 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 bum. It, it's very kind of uh, like, here we go, kids. There's another wackadoo episode coming up yeah, right yes. after this. It's like, uh, it, yes. it, and, and I wasn't there. But I, but talking about this scene, and tell me if I'm wrong, but one of the best lines from these three episodes that I did laugh out, uh, out loud at is, uh, don't you want to see the damage? No, I'm too damaged to see more damage. Bye. I that that was great. Mm -hmm. I'm too well, damaged you know, and to I, see more damage. I think those moments, those lines, remind me of when like Sex in the City would work really well. Mm. When Carrie would have like a clever line that didn't feel so. I couldn't help but wonder. Right. You know. Right. Um, you know, is the Upper West Side? beneath me you know and so i think <laughs> meanwhile downtown <laughs> meanwhile downtown <laughs> samantha uh, was samantha getting was double getting fisted beneath, yeah i was gonna say samantha was going beneath somebody of her own you know yeah right right yeah she had someone under her breast side <laughs> her lower on her breast upper side. breast yes, her upper breast side yes joke <laughs> meanwhile charlotte oh. couldn't find the path and yeah Samantha. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and <laughs> well charlotte was trying to find the path miranda was hitting a wall street to be exact cut to her going into an office on wall street um, yeah, yeah yes right, exactly right, 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 right. um and and hitting her husband anyway so um <laughs> I know, I know, but that sometimes the show would be that bad. Yes. And I but then there would be times I think where they would say something that was like, "Oh, that's a really interesting way of looking at something. Oh, that's a really clever way to sum up a situation." Yes. And and it would flow and it would kind of like there's um I think the thing that this does 
like that that where Sex and the City would kind of go wrong is it would kind of almost wait for like the laugh track, the like when it would have those punchlines. Mm. And I think that a line like this of you know I'm you know I'm over forty, whatever I'm too damaged for to see more damage. Bye. She the line is written to wait for a laugh track, and RuPaul delivers it really well so that you don't need the laugh track. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. And and again, the editing also helped that out. Yes, that's where the editing really worked. Um, yeah, it's uh, – I think I think one of the other things that kind of in terms of like intention versus like reality is I appreciate that the show wants to show people being kind and wants to show, mm-hmm. you know, an unexpected kindness. And, and I think there's these like – you know, like these precious moments with like Florence the waitress, you know, and, and – you know ruby having this kind of you know oh look at you you're looking good and florence is like oh thank you to weight watchers and everybody's just this little like sweet cinnamon bun you know mm. and i we've talked about this a lot we are drawn to kind media i think that this is this would probably fall under the headline of kind media but this is another example where i'm like i see what you're doing i wish you would Show us, Valerie. Don't just tell us, right, you know. Right. Show us. Good note. Good note. Um, yeah. I mean, a, a great example of the show kind of rising to a very different space is when the danger that is presented when Ruby is going to try out for the wet T-shirt contest. Okay? Yeah. There's yeah, a, there yeah. is a lot of danger in that. And Ruby's like, it's going to be fine. And meanwhile, AJ is everybody else or every liberal being like, hey, this is dangerous. You could get killed. This isn't right. You're a man in a dress, yada, 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 yada. And then meanwhile, Ruby's like, no, people are great. And that mm-hmm. that kind of thesis of the show, I think, stays true for 10 episodes of, no, actually, people are great, um, is we we hear it come out in the dialogue after Ruby is quote unquote exposed, you know, her, her breast mm-hmm. plate falls off and, you know, the slope clap. And then they're like, all right, fine. Well, she did have the best breasts, which is also mm-hmm. a very weird, I would never happen type of thing. Um, right. I, I just, I'm sorry. I just don't believe that that would ever happen. But the, I don't think that, you know, is she always going to be killed? No. I don't think that they're going to get the pitchforks and they're going to beat her up. Like, I, you know what I mean? But sure, the, sure. the conversation that happened after that, you know, I, I, AJ was like, well, what, what just happened? And RuPaul being like, you know, no one is just one thing. People can be two things. And to me, this is RuPaul and Mike, Michael Patrick King trying to talk about how we are going to heal as a country in a way, right? This idea that she's mm-hmm. going through middle America as a drag queen and quote unquote proving a point of, well, actually people are people and we just have to be kind to each other and learn learn each other's stories and ignore the fear that's going to be present. And I think that's great. I also think it's a, it is very dangerous in some cases. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think with this scene, it's like this was an example where I think the writing, like that intention that they have of like having that moment 
where they kind of got there in supporting it with the narrative, because I can't remember her name, but Adrian Barbeau's character, um, the fact that she was kind of like the local legend of like the wet t-shirt contest, they kind of keep doing it in her honor. Mm. So the fact that she was the one to start the applause and to kind of like set the tone of like, no, we're okay with this. I think that's a really, that's an, again, probably not wildly realistic, but I think what it does speak to is that there are communities where it's like, Okay, if he or she says it's good, then like, you oh, know, I see. Yes. That's the voice of the community, you right. know, and I think that's an interesting choice that sold that moment for me enough where it was like, okay, I don't need this to be wildly realistic. This is where I think what you're talking about where like the show kind of lives in this in-between space of like reality and like slight kind of fantasy. This is where I think they did it really well, where there was an element of reality an element of fantasy, but like the narrative logic still sold it through. You know, you don't have to kind of like yes. go like say, well, I guess I guess that worked out because in this world, people aren't mean. They found like somewhat of an explanation as to why it worked out. Yeah. And it's not it's not. And because of the way that they did it, it's not far off, right? Like, that is Mm -hmm. all plausible. Do I think Mm -hmm. it's plausible that a seven-foot black drag queen could pass as a woman or a cis woman in this space? No. Uh, That was where I was like, come. What what I thought would have been really interesting if someone, like, immediately was like, okay, but, like, you're – those are not real. You're, you know, you're a dude in, in drag. Like, I I wish that, like, people saw through it because it is really – and that would have been an interesting twist instead. Yeah, that they knew, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah if it was like, well, duh. We, no, like, look around this room. Like, this is not uh, – no one looks like this, you know? <laughs> like, that's not what a woman looks like, you know, on average. <laughs> like, yeah. You are doing a fantasy version, you know? It's like if someone came into work in a Halloween costume, we know this isn't business casual, you know? Exactly. We're not stupid. And That would have been more interesting. It would have been more interesting that they, yeah, that they aren't that stupid, right? That, like, no, yeah. they know. It's okay. But I also, yeah. I also thought it was weird that the prize was $1,000. Yeah, like, this little no, like no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah this this little rinky dink bar and like, but we've got a thousand dollars. Well, okay, if we're gonna talk about money, where in Queens are you opening a club for a hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, like, the, <laughs> right? The, 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 yeah, the dump behind City Field. You know, uh, I mean, that's what it looked like when they drove up to it, Mary. Like it was in like a back alley in Jackson Heights, you know. But like if to ha- if you could open if you got the privilege to open a gay bar in Jackson Heights, then you are sitting on a gold mine because yes. that is the gay mecca of New York. Right. This like it made no sense. There's not there's no property you can buy. You can't get a studio apartment for a hundred thousand dollars. Like correct it. Correct. It was, oh, and here's the other thing. And here's the other thing: you do not have money on your American Express card. American Express is a credit card. They had money in a joint account. You don't call American Express to find out where your money went. You'd call American Express to find out where these charges came from, right? And why your card was maxed out. <laughs> this is not. This is not. You know, uh, rocket surgery, folks. You know, like this is. Like, 
Yeah, it's interesting the the corners they cut with that part of the story uh, in terms mm-hmm. of the money and you know making that much money and the, the down payment and all the plans and mm-hmm. everything. Um, and I, yeah, what are you doing going into business with someone who you just met seven seven months ago and you've never even met his family and and you're in love with each other and you've got you're having duck every night that can't be good for anybody. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I just have questions. <laughs> Well, again, it's, you know, it's just the world. We just have to be like, all right. Well, I know. Well, and you know what I also loved? Because <laughs> that definitely isn't New York. <laughs> no, that's right. But you know what I loved is all of the fake money. Like, they're just walking oh, around yeah. with these just stacks of cash. And I'm like, no. Why would you put that by the window, you idiot? What are you doing putting your money by the window? And not for nothing, but like at gay bars, people don't just like make it rain on you because you danced with your elbows for a couple minutes. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I've tried it. It doesn't happen. Oh, well, maybe it doesn't happen for you, Mary. Okay. But, like, I mean, <laughs> she's great. But, like, I I kind of feel like you've got experts in the room who could be like, actually, people kind of hold the dollar bills out. Give her a chance to interact with mm-hmm. people and, like, show Ruby's charm slash RuPaul's charm versus, you know, RuPaul doing the, like, you know, uh, here comes a commercial break of a, of a drag race reunion dance, you know? Right. No, it's so true in that sense, right? Like, it was very uh, Tu Wong Fu in that moment where it was like, actually, I don't think that that's what happens. It rarely happens that it rains on a queen in New York. Yeah. Have you seen Hustlers of with course, J-Lo? Of course. That's what it made me think. And I was like, that maybe happens there. I can't verify this. But oh like, my God, that scene. Oh. Especially that scene. <laughs> I'm, I, I understand why she wasn't nominated for an Oscar, but I would have loved it from a like, a, I've never seen J-Lo be better kind of standpoint. Yes. You know? Oh, totally. That scene. Oh. That scene where she does that first striptease. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. And she and she is really good in that movie. Her acting is solid. Agreed. The last scene in the movie, she has some acting moments. I I uh I was so impressed. I was so proud as if I knew her, you know. I, there's only I like, one good for you. <laughs> there's only one J Lo movie that I don't think I saw. Uh Geely. I don't think I saw that one. Oh, I gobble gobble. That's all I know from Geely. That's all I know too. And that Ben yeah. Affleck is in it, I think. But yeah, yeah that's all yeah. I know. And otherwise, every J Lo movie that I have seen, I've I've enjoyed. I thought she. I always think she's great. And I. You saved my shoe. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's super charismatic. I'd love to see her, you know, guesting on an episode of Drag Race and and influencing an episode. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, Hustlers reminded me, J-Lo is great. Yeah. We should celebrate J-Lo more. Agreed. Selena Staiki. Excuse me, man. Oh, we she, won't be needing the original. <laughs> the, the original pizza queen. Yes. She loves pizza. <laughs> I love pizza. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, no, J-Lo, she was in The Cell. I loved her in The Cell. Oh, yeah. I loved Anaconda. Her. Anaconda, Made in Manhattan. Uh, second act I even enjoyed uh, The Wedding Planner a Monster-in-Law Okay, Mary? Like, she's good mm-hmm. She does some really mm-hmm. great rom-coms And then some, also some other great little flicks I, I, Yeah, I appreciate her Yeah, J-Lo I, uh, Good for J-Lo Good for J-Lo getting Oscar buzz Good for her mm-hmm. She's got a long I mean, she's 50 But she's, she's not done She'll get an Oscar eventually Oh, yeah Oh, God, fucking love her Wouldn't it be great if there was some kind of like Maybe in like 
the next 10 years or maybe like once JLo starts to look older than 19 if there's some another biopic she could do since she's done Selena and was so good I wonder if there's someone else she'd be great as mm. and Mary's listening who would you love to see JLo do a biopic of yeah yeah I'm gonna let the Marys chime in because I'm, I'm yeah I'm an AJ in the, and the Queen J, AJ McQueen BJ and the Queen. AJ McQueen. Um, yeah. 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 Well, that's the. Yeah. That's a. That's a different movie. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Is it? Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish. I wish there. I wish it was. I wish that's what this was. But um. um I, I, I. Yeah. Just to kind of continue on this thesis, the idea of like proving that people are kind first, or that people are complex people, I think is a great thesis for a drag show. Um, where it features people in and out of drag uh, going across the country because it does continue throughout and it's great. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. The one thing, uh, just to kind of change the subject, that you'll hear a lot is she's a child. <laughs> she's a child. Oh my God. I'm. I'm thrilled for that reference, and I think it's fair to say to Marys, we're like, what is this? So this came about when we did our season two recap way back years ago, and there is a moment from Untucked of Jujubee talking about Tyra, and she and Sahara are talking about her, and Jujubee says, she's a child, and she says it like that. And so we then glommed on to that, and ever since have been saying, she's a child. Well, she's a child, and, Lewis. She's a yeah. child. I can't just leave her she's on the a- side of the road. She's a child. <laughs> she's a child. Uh, yeah. Uh, she's a child. She's a child. And she is, okay, so th- I, I think I think I need by like halfway through the fourth episode, when I keep watching, I need Izzy to have a new acting choice. Okay, okay, I I hear you, and it's you're not gonna you're not gonna get it, and I I'm not saying that it's gonna get better that it's not gonna get better, but there is one thing that Izzy is doing in this movie. And it is the show. Yeah. In, oh, sorry, in the show. Because mm. uh, I said movie as well. I'm that's oh, why I'm okay, hearing it. Okay. Yeah. Um, she is being a rat that's been in a cage for too long, and the direction mm-hmm. is like now you're out of the cage. What do you do, right? And eventually, the rat's going to be super smart and super nice, um, but it's going to take her a little while to trust again. And she'll keep going back into bad habits. And she is not, she's a flawed character, right? So there's all of that that's ahead. And it doesn't get, it It elevates, certainly. But because the writing does. Not because I think Izzy yeah. is, is better. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that the, the what she's being given to do i mean everything is like obviously because it's it's a narrative and it's you know written is that it's the performance and it's what she's being given to do is i just feel it's getting very repetitive in terms of their dynamic in terms of like bedroom eyes why do you dress like a boy right you know right. uh what are you doing I, you know? out in the pool i'm yeah and, and it's like bedroom eyes. yeah <laughs> yeah and then like shaking head smile like oh you know, AJ. just, oh, AJ, it's just, there's, there's a bit of that, like, there, there's a lot of child kind of moments with, with Ruby, where she just, like, is fine with it, and I'm, I, I 
I think when a child acts like that, I have a different response. Um, yeah. And I mean, again, we're in this fantasy world, but you get, you know, you see a child on your RV when you're halfway to Pennsylvania, you definitely drive back. You definitely yes. call the police, you know, and uh, sorry, child protective services suck, but mm-hmm. it's like, I will go to jail if I continue driving you, right? Yeah, right. Like, this can't be good. Uh, yeah, I would have gone to the, the next police station and been like, you're a problem. You've been a problem. You're not my problem. Right. And, uh, you know, good luck, Chuck. Right. But but people um, are kind, Colin. So. But people are kind in this world. And I'm, like, I'm not going to be driving AJ. an RV anyway. <laughs> yeah, AJ. Yeah. yeah, what does she say? Like, what did her that AJ stands for, like, asshole something? And then uh, Leroy, who's blind, I don't know if they'd mention that. He says, oh, some people's names just suit them. And I, I thought that was clever writing as well. <laughs> oh, totally. And, yeah. 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 Uh, um, and he is yeah. blind. He's not blind in real life, the, the actor. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, character, the if character's blind. Yeah. yeah. Oh. The first oh, casting. I won- yeah. When do they um, – I'm trying to think where – because like, they, they kind of like show the audience. Like, oh, how do we know this character's blind? Oh. Oh. Well, it happens at the police station, right, where he has oh. to feel the muscles right. from the cop or right. the FaceTiming happens a lot where it's like, oh, yeah. no, higher, Lewis, higher. I'm mm-hmm. over here, well, Lewis. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Like, <laughs> losing your vision makes you dumb, apparently. <laughs> it just makes you so dumb. That you don't even know that that's a dog sniffing your arm. Oh, it's like, God. I, 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 it, it, or you don't know you have white shit all over your face. Right, like, right, right, wash your right, face. Right. That whole change your dress, Mimi. Turn it around. <laughs> change your dress. Ah, <laughs> oh, teleport oh. us to Mars. Yeah, um, I'm acting. I'm acting. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think this actor is fabulous. And I agree. I feel terrible for the actor because I, I'm sure that there's a that there is a logic behind this writing, but I just don't get it. I I'm just kind of like I don't understand the joke. Yeah, I when I when when it was first revealed as subtly as it had been that uh, <laughs> Lewis is Lewis Leroy Lewis Lewis, Lewis uh, Leroy is like part of his the real actor's name yes. Michael Leroy or something. Yeah. Um, I think so. But anyway, uh, Michael when Leon they do, Woolley, I think yeah. Michael Leon Woolley, that's what it is. Uh, when they first reveal that, I thought, oh, this is cool. They're going to do this. They're going to show here is, you know, a drag queen who is blind, who uh, is making it happen. And I thought, well, look at this different world, different show. And then it was like, oh, no, this is Mrs. Magoo with, you know, where balls talked, you know. <laughs> and I it's just you you have the opportunity you know, and I think that would have been really cool in a really, you know, I don't know, very easy way to be a little more inclusive that anybody can, you know, that drag is accessible for everybody, that it's available for everybody. And that even something you might think, oh, a blind person, what are they going to get out of drag? It's such a visual element. But what I love about that is that for this character, there's still that transformation that happens and mm. that he feels internally even without seeing it. And that narrative they really could have explored. Yeah, they definitely could have done more with this character uh, in terms of that. I will say that probably the response, the devil's advocate of Michael Patrick King and RuPaul is, it's not that kind of show. And no, we are going to be irreverent. Sorry. You know, but it, it is that kind of show. I, I, I would disagree with that wildly. I agree. It, it's ex- that's exactly what this show. I agree. Is. I agree. Uh, it it 
that so that character develops throughout the show, right? You do see more from Lewis and his relationship and it, how he became blind and all of that. But mm-hmm. it's still always a punchline. Always. You, you know, and, and I am also like, it's kind of like, I love a good gay joke. I love Same. a good gay joke. Even if it's just straight people making it, if it's good, it's like, well, you know, I get that. You, that's a great joke. There is a, there's that moment, I think maybe in the first or maybe the second episode when he, or the first episode when he's coming home from the donut place and, you know, he's giving AJ's mom the box and then he reaches in and he goes, mm, this feels like glazed. That was really funny and really clever and subtle. And it wasn't like, and I'm not sure cause I'm blind. Like they, you're a, I think it's okay to use the world around you and your own self and be self-deprecating or um, find some humor in something without it being so reductive. You know, I think there is a way to do that where, you know, I guess I thought, you know, it would be really funny to think that's, you know, and I don't know the answer to this, but I, the idea that, oh, this is how a blind person determines which donut to take, you know, mm. like, how do you figure that out? Do you use it by touch? Is it by smell? If they have the opportunity to show that, I think that I don't know. It doesn't cost anything, right? And I think it's just they're creating a different type of show. You know, again, I don't know. It, it they, I, that's it, this it, is it exactly continues. the show they're doing. Yes, you know, and it continues. It's like for ten episodes. Yeah. Ten episodes. It does. Yeah, yeah. They don't I get. They don't get would... any more creative with yeah. that aspect. Granted, Lewis's character is. Featured blind, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> featured more heavily throughout. Uh, yeah, but you know, it, it's the same. It's the same punchline. So. It, it it's for yeah. It's for the same purpose. Great. Well, um, can't wait to see how that develops. No pun intended. Yeah, um, I think that this discussion does deserve uh, another take. Give her another take uh, to see where you are after the second viewing or the first viewing and where I am after the second viewing, because Mm. I might change my stripes. You know, Um, I will say what I've been doing with these three episodes is I watched three, two, one. I went backwards. Um, Oh, wow. So I think I'm going to go 10, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. Uh, And what's the reason for that? You just don't want any surprises. (laughs) I've already seen it. Oh, I thought you meant the first time you watched it. You're no, like, oh, no, no. No, the first time I watched it, I, I watched need, 1 yeah. through 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I was just like, well, what's that shit? No, like, no, 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 no. Just, it's because I already watched it. The stakes are low. <laughs> I already watched it one way, and just to make it more interesting, I'm like, okay, let's go from the end. And how they build up to the end. Oh, and that's in, Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, yes, I definitely feel like that's worth saying. Is like This is almost like a hot take. It's like, well, this is my take, having watched the first three episodes twice yeah and kind of like my takeaway i um of course i want to love it like why not i why, know, like it'd be, I, know. I want i want this show to be like really well written i want rupaul to just shine i want people to be like wow he's a great actor i want to feel all that yeah and um you know like when he had that like crying scene in the rv in the mm-hmm. first episode mm-hmm. i was like I was like that's not easy and i get you're going for the gold here and i did not hate it no, and, no. And you know, yeah, and and it so it gives you enough to keep watching the next episode. And then when you get to like five, six, maybe even four or five, when you get to those episodes, 
you you really I I don't know because I, I was not loving it the first three four episodes, and I was just okay. kind of like I have to watch the whole thing. I have to watch the whole thing. I I want to. We know. said we talk about it on All Right, Mary. Yes, and <laughs> and I want to and I also want to know what happens. So I was like, okay, yeah. how are they going to end this? And and each each little episode is this own little vignette with its own little story, which I also loved. I loved the format of it, and it continues. The special guests, the guest stars, really, really color the show in beautiful ways. Mm. Mm-hmm. That I definitely took away from the, by the third episode. I, I, I keep mentioning her, but Adrienne Barbeau I thought was really good. She's a great actress. Yeah. She had some nice texture in there and some really like – I thought the like I think that that slow clap moment she really sold that and I never buy a slow clap mm-hmm. moment but she she was just this like lovely kind of you know grandmothery kind of energy that I um I was on board with and uh I think yeah more of that I mean obviously from the what's the tea schedule I know that Mary Kay Place is going to show up at some point and I love That's her right. so um I I have reasons to continue on this yeah. journey and and Jane Krakowski is really <gasps> fabulous in this. I did not know that. I did not know she was in this. Oh, oh, yes. oh, yes. oh! That feels really good. You're, okay, you're also really gonna love Latrice and Monique. I thought they did a great job. Oh, yeah. I did not know about that. Either. Okay, all right. Yeah. And for and for folks listening who again kind of got where I got and are like, ugh, I'm over this. I hope you're feeling the same. Like, oh, oh, I'd like to see that. Oh, I, oh, Mary Kay plays. I love her. And if you don't, girl, get on board. <laughs> Yeah. Get on board. Yeah. Welcome to Mary Kay Place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. I'm okay. I'm I'm enjoying the pun. Um. I thank you. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to remember. I. Oh, so when they get to, I think it's Tennessee. I think it's Tennessee. They meet uh, this guy that's obsessed with Bob Mackie, and the mm-hmm. show the show. Gets a, gets a little bit better. Uh, I think okay. I think it's around episode five. It might be even four, um, which was written by Ru, RuPaul and Michael, which totally makes sense. Okay. That makes me want to go to the next episode is knowing that they wrote the next one. Yeah. They write the next one, and you'll be able to kind of – you'll definitely hear it. I, I, re, mm-hmm. I do remember I hear it, but there's a great uh, – there's a great little storyline that goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that's exciting because obviously, I mean, you know, I think RuPaul overall is is a legend of his own. But I think that like so much of why the comeback is so brilliant is because of Michael Patrick King, mm-hmm. is because and of, Lisa Kudrow. You know, well, I mean, Lisa Kudrow is the reason the comeback is. Lisa Kudrow is the queen and the empress of that show, but Michael Patrick King is. Uh, the wheels underneath it and I think brings a lot of like ideas like when a lot of like moments that happen he would kind of think about if they're having like if Mickey and Valerie are having a conversation and he and they want to kind of create some kind of tension or some kind of busyness like it's Michael Patrick King would have the eye for like oh let's have this person walk through them Mm -hmm. or let's have this happen and then have Valerie turn and get distracted for a second and it's those nuances that I think you and I kind of like lose our shit over because it's like they're so small but he is such a mastermind with her on finding them and so i i think i went into this hoping for that same no thing right and and you know if you don't have lisa kudrow then you don't have anything but (laughs) i thought like rue is at least a fan you know um yeah i don't know you see 
you see in here the comeback. You see in here that Michael Patrick King in the writing comes out every now and then, but mm-hmm. it, it it's the show is taken over by a lens and a tone that I don't think was agreed upon yet. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've avoided reading any reviews, like other what other people have said about it. I didn't want to get influenced because I kind of feel like I could have someone sell me on it being great and I'm not seeing it or sell me on it being awful and being like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I feel that. So I've kind of avoided other feedback. Have you have you heard any other reception other than like Raven saying, oh, this needs a season two, but like telling that to RuPaul about the show that he has a job on, on RuPaul's podcast. Right. You no, know? I haven't, I haven't heard that. Uh, yeah. I, I only because of that podcast. Yeah. 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 That's all I um, um, I will say you should look forward to the Jackson episode, which was written by Drew. Oh, Drogi. Drogi. Drogi, <laughs> as, as we've been informed. Uh, Drew Drogi and Roisin yeah. Murphy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ro- Ro- <laughs> Sure. Um, I just yeah thank you Mary's <laughs> for all your help uh but yes so that was written by him uh and yeah you'll just look forward to that one that one is all right yeah it's later in the season but um it it's good uh yeah I, I I'm excited to see it again and I'm excited for you to see it again or to see it yes Yes, totally. I, this is kind of like when we do a Meet the Queens. I'm happy to not know what's coming around the corner when it comes to this show. Um, and if you're feeling the same way I am, let's let's give it another episode. Give her another take. Give her another take. As, as, as has been said in this universe. And um, let's try it again, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, they haven't introduced uh, Kevin Daniels yet. Uh, and I think that's the episode where Kevin Daniels comes in. And he plays like a love interest. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Yes. Great. Yeah. Great. All, all right. Um, well, uh, I think we're going to end our part one there, Mary's. If you have any thoughts, you can reach out to us at All Right Mary on Twitter or All Right Mary Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or www.tasteofreality.com backslash allright-mary. You can follow me on Instagram at Johnny Also, or you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Also One. And you can hear me on my podcast in the details, a celebration of nuance, um, where I just queened out on uh, the original cast recording of Company. Uh, or you can hear me on... Uh, Best Supporting Podcast with Nick Kachanov queening out about Best Supporting Actresses. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us, including a bonus episode every single week. And going into season 12, Nuance, our after show every single week at patreon.com backslash All Right Mary. All right, Mary. Marys, we're going to end our show with what's in our heads right now, which is... Ruby's red hot. <laughs> uh, I'm elbow dancing just at the sound of it. Throw the dollars at me now. Throw all the all the monopoly money at me. All right, Marys. We'll see you next time. Saw the light.